Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is a rarity. It is Saturday, June 3rd. Saturday morning. Well, I guess it's 1 o'clock. It's not morning, but I just woke up in a way. (laughs) So We're doing a weird podcast today because I'm going out of town. We just did Saturday morning cartoons and there was a little break in the schedule. So we're banking a podcast. And then on our normal Tuesday, we'll do three weeks from now. Right. It's so complicated. This comes out next, or no, Thursday, whatever that's. This will come out for the week of Friday, June 9th, sometime before then. Smart. So we're just a little advanced. And today, we have some special guests, if they want to introduce themselves. Hi. You see? That's one. My name's Abby. There you go. There you go. Hi, I'm Nora. There you go. They're my nieces. I could have said that first. It might have made more sense. Yeah. It's extra weird. It's already a weird podcast because it's Saturday morning. They just found us on the street. Pretty much. Their mother is literally in an empty theater eating pizza alone. (laughs) Like, I don't know. So she would not... She couldn't... No, that just sounds weird. Don't say that. No, I know. You're right. You're right. But no, we're having fun. There's only three microphones. So I was like, we'll bring you guys on. And your mom did not want to do this. So we're fine. Well, that's the first thing I said. Eric said, I'll have my nieces on. And I said, do they want to be on? Because for years, I've wanted to have our projectionist Marcus on. And he's too shy. And I'm like, dude... We just stood here talking about movies for 45 minutes. That's a podcast. So I still hope to trick him one day. But You can just seat him in front just, and have like a secret microphone. Just yeah. Make yeah. Him talk. Oh, like the plant in that movie you were watching where it was like a hidden microphone oh, on a yeah. plant and people were just talking into the plant naturally. <laughs> Before like, they figured out boom mics. <laughs> yeah, not great. Not great. Yeah, Josh and I both, we've done boom mics on Lee's movie, that movie that we did. You know, we were the holding pole guy. So we've got that in common. We're sound guys. Is that basically. an actual title? The holding pole guy? No, he did it wrong. <laughs> I don't. Well, I'm not professional. So. Boom operator. <laughs> yeah, a boom operator. You know, so that was pretty fun. You guys were in the movie too. You yeah, were in the we were in the yeah, movie. We were. It was really yeah. fun. Here at the Mayfair? Yeah, we yeah. were in um, uh, the end like a scene. movie theater crowd scene. Yeah. Cool. At, at Apparently we were visible. According to my mom, I wasn't allowed to go see it. So she was, <laughs> Oh, yeah. She that's just funny. said we were visible. And I was like, okay, that's something. <laughs> but the scene you're in is nothing bad in it. You should no, at least no. be allowed to watch that little yeah, bit. Yeah, I should have just come in at the last five seconds just that's to true. see myself on the screen. I was allowed to go if I wanted, but I think I had like a test or something. So that was oh, too bad. I thought you were if you ever have a Blu-ray copy, I mm. want it. <laughs> he will soon, I I'm rumored to get, and I'm in the special features of that too so i'm kind of in two parts i was supposed to be in that crowd scene and then i got covid which like i didn't want to <laughs> i think we were texting you yeah, yeah it was the Mayfair. sad it made me so sad i really oh, wanted yeah. to be when we went to the set we took a selfie and then sent it to him and we're just like listen <laughs> we are and really i'm like mean. yeah i'm dying but i appreciate this thanks guys <laughs> and oh. we were just talking that you were saying you were doing some podcast stuff at school yeah. See, that's different because in the Stone Ages, when I was in school, <laughs> it just, it's moved so fast because my communications class, we did stuff like video and we one assignment was to record a radio ad and stuff like that. But the technology has moved so fast and that even recently, we've had a couple of grade school classes showing their animation on the big screen, which is so cool because... If I had done that when I was in grade school, it would have been 16 millimeter film and editing machines. And, like It would be impossible. And now a teacher with a little bit of tech knowledge can grab a couple of smartphones and a laptop and these kids like, can yeah. make cool stuff. I did a podcast with my other uncle, Uncle Richard's friend, Wob, who's an author, because that was it like fit the theme or whatever. And I just did it with my laptop and my phone and like recorded onto my phone, edited on my laptop. And it was like the best thing that my teacher ever heard. So <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Damn. And I brought him in at my work too, because they needed an author for, I, I can't remember what 
the thing was or something like that. But I was like, I know an author and, and he's really good and super nice. And so I was able to hook that up and I looked like a hero because literally I was in a Zoom meeting and they're like, well, I don't know if we can do it. We just don't have an author. We don't. And I was like, my heart's pounding. And I was like, I, like, I have an author. Yeah, I had never jumped in on one of these meetings before. And I was like, I don't want to look stupid, but I think I have the answer here. And so I said, and everyone's excited and it worked out. And then I ended up interviewing him. It kind of, it was like a podcast, like a Zoom thing or some sort of presentation. It was so cool. He's the nicest guy. By coincidence, we were reading his book in class. And yeah. I was like, Ooh. hey, I know the author. I can I? Oh, big guy. shot. I big shot, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. And it's, they actually teach that book at like some schools now and stuff. Like, Wait, what's up, the book? Uh, Moon of the Crusted Snow. And he's like a big shot Canadian author? I mean, I mean yeah. yeah. Canadian? Like, yeah. yeah, he's you a super nice guy. He's going to be so sad yeah, if he true. listens to this because all three of you just kind of went like, well, hey. Yeah. I mean, well, he's very humble. He's, yeah. he's successful, but like, yeah, he worked for CBC for a long time and then he yeah. quit to be an author full time. That's cool. And so the sequel to the, his yeah. book is coming out in a couple months and it's kind of a, I think it's a big deal, but it's, I don't want to like, you know. Oversell it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, but it's, but yeah, I've heard like uh, some schools are teaching it and whatever. It's kind of a post-apocalyptic thing told from an indigenous perspective. Okay. So yeah. it's it's very like interesting. There's not a lot like that out there, especially that white people have heard of. So yeah, no, it's it's, it's kind of a big deal. Ed, you know another person who wrote a post-apocalyptic comic book. If you ever need that, I'm not no, sure about that. I'm right here. I know, I know. They were asking about that. They saw the ad for Zombies, and they were like, "Okay, so is that the one that Josh worked on?" And well, I was like, "Yeah, that's why there's an ad for okay. a, a random." Because I've been seeing it here since I was like little, and I never understood why we you never guys advertised the specific one. And then Uncle Me. Eric was like, "Self-advertising." Yeah. So cool. I was like, "You can buy them at the box office. You will buy them at the box office." <laughs> it's funny oh. advertising at work. It does work every once in a while. Where somebody walks down and goes, "Do you have a copy of that?" And I'm like, "I do." Yeah, they're like, "Have you I read this?" I always do. They're yeah. always here. Yeah, it's top quality, you know. And like, it's it, always nice that when you're an independent writer of any level, when somebody comes up and they're not your friend or mom and buy your book, <laughs> you're just like, Does "Wow, it feel good? I yeah. need it." <laughs> and it's in the movie. The ad for your yeah. thing is in the movie we were all in. I'm at Canterbury for Lit, and oh, cool. and we do this thing in grade 11 at the end of every year. We write a thing called a chapbook. It's basically you pick a theme and you write just that's all you write. And then at the end of the year, we sell them to other students. Oh. In my opinion, it's like the final test. It's like, are you ready for grade 12? Can you watch people pick up your writing, flip through <laughs> it and put it back down? Oh, man. Do, yeah. they, like... do, do they read it before buying it? Or yeah. They... Okay. Because so I, I thought it was like they, they pay and then they're like, oh, they literally you have to watch people decide if your writing is worth. Yeah. Buying oh, or not. that's yeah, that's hard. Fun. It's Wow. I always laugh at it, and it's something anybody who's worked at a Comic-Con or whatever, I don't mind if somebody walks by the table and kind of looks at it and goes, I don't like horror stuff or whatever. Like, well, that's fine. And there's a lot to buy. There's a lot to distract. But you'll get someone to come up, and my last book was called Damn Cursed Children, and it's about monster kids. Nice. And someone will come up and go, wow, the art in this is so great. Who did it? And I'll tell them. And they go, wow, that looks so cool. And I'll tell them about the publisher and I'll tell them about my other stuff. We'll talk for like 15 minutes. Getting excited. And they're like, I've <laughs> never seen a comic. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. I love everything about it. And then they'll put it down and go, good luck, and yeah. walk away. <laughs> and I'm like, come on. Like, you have to buy it now. Oh, God. And then, you feel good. Plus, there's probably other people walking by because you're busy. So they're like yeah. not stopping. They're like, oh, he's busy with this guy. And they're like, no, no, no he's not. Yeah. And, and I'm sure everybody... You know, a band selling merch afterwards or someone selling their wares at a flea market. Everybody has that thing where somebody comes up, just looks like they're going to give you 20 bucks and <laughs> but... then doesn't give you the money. <laughs> Have they ever haggled with you? Has anybody been like, I'll give you 10 bucks? No. Because like, that, I, that's not cool at all, obviously. I have had friends working free comic book day shows where they're there and there are free comic books branded, mm -hmm. but then they're also there. 
and then they say, "Are your comics for oh free?" God. Oh my god! And they're on. like, "No, those ones are." Do you come with the card? <laughs> Essentially, if they're labeled free, then they're free. Yeah, yeah. that's just annoying. These ones that, are not. It almost reminds me of when I worked at HMV and they would have two for ten, two for twenty, whatever. And someone bring up like a two for ten and a two for twenty. And they're like, "Can I get this?" And I'm like, "Sure, but not for that price." Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, "What do you want it for? Two for ten? Because no, like you can pay two for twenty, you can overpay." But I'm just like, "Do they both say two for twenty? Do they both say two for ten? Well, then you have your answer." Like, I got a CD and a belt buckle. <laughs> Oh, and a Funko. Can I get three for 20? Holy God. Everybody would do that every day, almost. I think every single uh, shift, someone would be like, does this count? I was like, no. no. <laughs> Use your brain, please. I need this. See, I went to Canterbury for visual art. Oh, nice. <gasps> Me too. And, well, well. But I think about the what if in life is that we didn't have the option for writing. There was normal. I took Eng- I, I took everything I could. I took English writing. I took can lit. I took whatever. Yeah. But there was no. It was weird. I guess. And you think they would have had that from the beginning? That's like the easiest thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> they, had, they had dance and music and drama and art. Damn. And it was sometime after. Well, I writing's think... just boring, Nora. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. So that's something that was after my years there that they finally went hey let's let kids do that too but weird that they had dance but not writing <laughs> yeah like i don't know it's like writing you just need a laptop dance you need like a whole studio yeah, yeah. like the, yeah and ability yeah. Like. And that's, probably, that's probably why they didn't have writing because you just need a laptop you don't need anything special. yeah laptops <laughs> didn't exist at that time too when... that's true and as the world turns now i'm writing comic books but not drawing them so i kind of went in that direction anyhow can so. you draw i can draw i can draw well enough that I would get B's and C's in art class. Well, that's good. I just though. got a hundred out of a hundred on making Whoa, what? music. For, yeah, I didn't tell you that. I made no. my school just held the Wizard of Oz musical, and I made the huge Oz face. Oh, my true, friend. true. And cool. his mouth like moved up and down. It was he crazy. Was talking. It was really cool. And I got a hundred out of a hundred for making well, that. Yeah. Well, that, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I was gonna say because we went to see uh, you did the makeup, I believe yeah, it was. I did. Yeah, so we went to see this, and it was like this sounds like weird, whatever, but it was really good. And not that yeah. I thought it would I suck. I was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> it's like personally, I didn't think because we were making sets out of cardboard and, yeah. and duct tape. Whoa, whoa, whoa! And stuff. I don't need to know that. I mean, well, it looked anyway, real so to that's me. What happened? So I wasn't sure if it was actually gonna be as good as it was yeah. and we like shocked our teachers as well there was like sixth grade and under were working on it were our actors yeah and then there were like all the eighth graders who were doing makeup it, it was so i was just like wow this is that was actually really good and then i had to see it four times in a row well that's yeah true. and i meant to ask like which the best performance was like was it better at the end after you've done it three times before or is it better I... at the beginning when you got that hot energy coming in well there was the full dress run through that i had to go and do to make sure like everyone got their makeup oh, and their dresses so that's five, five times so that yeah. one yeah technically yes that one was actually pretty good and oh, no, no one seemed to mess up. On the last show, when Dorothy's like saying goodbye to all her friends, yeah. she made a mistake in her, oh. her line where she was like, oh, line, I'm going to miss the way you holler for courage before you found your courage. And I was like, oh, no, that's not good. I would not have thought twice if I'd heard that line. I'd be like, sure, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Sounds right. Well, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to just keep on going and pretend it's all part of the show. Yeah. Some people, I remember one girl, she was on stage and she just starts laughing, but she was a background character. It's noticeable to me because I had seen it before. For sure. But... To everyone else, I was like, please don't notice. Yeah, you're like those musicians that hear like, oh, I dropped a drumstick in that part, or oh, I missed a note here or there, and then the people in the audience are like, this is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. 
and they don't know. That, that's the, the good thing about creatives. Yeah. It's like or other like people the don't lion's get it. costume, I made it, and there was like a, a hood that went over the actor's head. Yeah. And ever whenever she would like dance, it would fall off. And then after the show, Grandpa came up to me. He's like, "Is it supposed to fall off?" And I was like, Ooh, oh, Grandpa, Grandpa said to that." Me? Oh, and come then I, on. I apologized over and over again for falling off. She's like, "No, no, that's fine." It's like people don't know, and it's like, "Well, he knew." He was basically it's... alive when the movie came out in 1939. So yeah, yeah. I was really sad because I found out that I missed seeing Little Shop of Horrors. It well, was so tr- good. It was really yeah, good. Nora's and, friend was well, in that. Yeah. What uh, a Canterbury teacher was here who I forget his name but he was here for a fundraiser and screen sound of music and it was for like a church choir fundraiser but i was chatting with him and he said that they did little shop of horrors which is my favorite and i was like oh wow i said is there like an alum like mailing list or anything and he's like no you just kind of got to be a parent to find out i'm like well i would have gone to that but yeah and nora, but, nora stole a post off oh I did. Yeah. like the night the night of it she was just like hey, it was the, the last it was wall. the last show but they used duct tape so it's, it was so loud yeah mom, oh, mom like covered her up she's just like no, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i did they, know about it i could have told you how did you guys do or how did they do audrey two was it a big Muppet? Was it, it was like... really interesting. So actually yesterday I was walking through the hall and they had the puppet out in the hallway <laughs> cool. for no reason. It was just there. That's kind of creepy. Like, they had like four or five puppets. They had one that was oh, like in the can one? and you'd like stick your hand through. Okay. Oh, and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Holding it. And then you'd move it to the table. Someone would go underneath the table, stick their hand through and make a talk. And then okay. they had a bigger one that Seymour would hold, put yeah. his hand through. And then the biggest one was put near the window and then someone would hide underneath the window <sighs> and, and it move his yeah. mouth. Oh, and it man. was a puppet. Like there was two people, I think, moving it. And yeah. then one wow. person voicing it. I think we did make it ourselves. Sometimes schools trade if someone already has one, but I think we did oh, okay. make that puppet. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So if you were an actor at one point, you'd have to like multitask and do both roles, like the hand puppet role and your own. There is a person in Lit, one of my, the people who's in my class, he, he was the voice of the plant. He was so good. But he was just the voice and not the puppeteer, so there was right. two separate people, yeah. I think. Hmm. That's even more complicated because you got to make sure you're kind of lip syncing yeah. it. So we had this huge wood stage that we had to like lock in place on the stage, and then she would climb up and put his face on top, and then she would stand behind and like move his mouth up and down while someone hid underneath it and voiced him. So there was a puppeteer and a voice. But the first, at uh, the run-through, she wasn't able to get it right, so the words weren't matching up. So the way I made it, we glued his top lip first and then we dug a hole underneath and then we stuck like a piece of cardboard to the bottom lip and pulled it through so she would hold on to the back of the mask and then like move it up and down like that wow. i think she put like string on it and then she would like move it up and down so even if she did let go it would just hang there and not fall wow it's a lot like this is all the behind the scenes stuff that josh and i aren't privy to you know like we know some stuff about that but like just all the deep effects of things like that i was stage crew on a couple of those shows my autograph is back there somewhere. all right all right okay so just me i I'm the only one that doesn't understand things. It was cool. There's these like stairs up at the side and then super dangerous overhead against the back wall. I don't know if anyone changed this. There's a part where you can just walk out and basically like you're back to the wall and you're looking down and there's nothing there. Right. So you can walk out there, which I did. And you look back and I'm like, <laughs> the story's only funny because I'm not dead. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and here's the, the real thing. From there, you can get up on the roof. Okay, there it is. There was, the makeup room was underneath the stage. And at the first rehearsal, we had to clean it up because Hillcrest doesn't use their makeup room that often. So there was like bugs in the sink (laughs) and dust everywhere. Like I remember I just like put my hand on the table and took it off. It was like all brown and like black (laughs) and it was disgusting. Hillcrest doesn't do as many stage performances. And you can open the door to see all the other costumes that they've used. And the only thing we saw 
was this bloody wedding dress and these massacred teddy bears oh my God. covered in blood. And we're just like, what happened? And we closed it and locked it and never opened it again. It was some sort of bloody bride thing. And I was like, they say it was for another performance. You have no proof that that was a costume. What a great hiding spot. Like, they're never going to get caught for yeah. whatever that was. Also, there was just a random pile of shoes. Like, this <laughs> giant pile of just cowboy boots just lied there. Oh, my God. And we were so confused. We were just like, okay, well, we're not going to question that uh. now. And there was just, like, random stuff everywhere and paint on the floor. That's insane. <laughs> that sounds kind of like sort of behind the screen here, but not really. Like a combination behind yeah. the screen. And the bathroom that you see here used to be out of order for the longest time, just full of random stuff. And then they needed it for uh, makeup for the Rocky Horror shows. And it just, there's just not a lot of space, as you can tell, in the theater. So they fixed it up, and now it's a real bathroom, and they can go in there and do makeup and everything like that. So it's like, but it kind of reminds me of that, where it's just like you got all this refuse, you know, everywhere you're just... Like, like, where did this come from? That's the story of the Mayfair Theater. It's like, where did this come from? What is this? That's why I have a vintage, I think, 1940s or 50s comic book spinner rack. Oh, yeah. Because our candy bar used to be a separate corner store. There was no door into that candy bar. It was just a wall. And so when we took over the place, I can't believe it stayed down there for all these years. Yeah. Lee goes, do you want this comic book spinner rack? And I'm like, you were like a puff of smoke, like a yeah. cartoon. You're already gone. And now we uh, decorated it Christmas for a Christmas tree. But I, I have comic books in it and everything. Like and your favorites kind of thing? Or what do you pick up? Ones to read okay. I have in okay. there. Oh, that's smart. And Archie Digest because there's Archie Digest yeah. things. But it just sat down there for decades. And I'm sure every weird old building cinema school, when you find a bunch of cowboy boots here. Yeah, yeah I yeah. thought it was Achy Breaky Heart era stuff. You know, they're like, we haven't touched these in... And I meant to say Josh's buddy draws Archie. Yeah. That, that should really? intrigue you. Yeah. I know I wants to meet him now. <laughs> right? When I was 10 to 14, maybe, I was okay. super into Archie. I, yeah. I have a bin, like, no, you the, have almost bins. the length of this room in the basement, cool. just wow. full of Archies. Oh, wow. I remember it's a lot. It was one Christmas, our aunt had bought her some sort of She didn't buy them for me. She had them in her garage oh, because they were like hers. But it was this giant box, and she's opened it up and just, like, screamed at the top of her lungs. <laughs> At the sight of so many Archie It comics. was like 200 vintage Archies. How could I not? That's legit. That actually could be worth something. Like, if you hold on long enough. Not yeah. that you would ever get rid of them, of course. Well, we took some that Nord didn't want. We cut them and made them into buttons. They were like I mean, they're, they're, they're cool, okay. but right, yeah. That's fair. I was going to say, like, if you destroyed... Not the, mint ones. Oh, my God. It doesn't seem like you, you know, but yeah. You'd know his stuff because Dan, parent, he's been drawing Archie for like... He started young, but he's been drawing Archie for like 30 years. But his big claim to fame, amongst others, is that he created Kevin Keller. He has that very, like, traditional Archie style, but a little cartoonier, maybe. But, like, to this day, he's still doing Archie comics all the time. Was he so. at Comic-Con? Because I might have yes. his autograph. Yes. <laughs> yes. He, he was here in Ottawa. Very yeah. probably, yeah. And I just know him through that. I've been to Comic-Cons with him in Ottawa and out east and stuff. And he's a super nice guy. Was he the one who did the Batman 66 as well? Yes. And what's really fun is he'll do uh, commissions of... You. Will he make yeah. you into an Archie character? Yeah, yeah, straight <laughs> up. So I have a friend who is also a giant Archie fan. She carries around a little stuffed animal, Tigger. So I just had a photo, and it, and he, he took a copy of the photo, and he drew her with, T with Tigger. <laughs> and it was the, I told her, presents are all downhill from here. Yeah, yeah. seriously. But yeah, uh, at the Great Glebe Garage Sale, my goal every year is to get Archie comics. And this year I got seven Archie yeah. Digests. <laughs> For 25 cents a piece. Oh, wow. wow. And there was somebody selling them two for 10. What? And you might as well have been selling them two for 100. Seriously? I was like, two for 10? Nah. 
I've not made a money. You're crazy. Yeah. And then I just waited a little while and I found 25 cent Archie. Yeah. yeah. When I was like obsessively collecting them, I would look for them at the Great Cleave Garage sale. And there, oh, there would be those people yeah. who are just like, this one, it's like mint and it's vintage. Here, yeah. 20 bucks. And I'm just me. like, no. <laughs> yeah. There's someone out there who doesn't know the value and I'm going to buy it from them. <laughs> Seriously. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're not buying them to flip, you know, you're just buying them to enjoy. Yeah. And then later maybe. So, and so Eric said, one of you just did a Carlton thing. You, you did. did. Yeah. So what we had to do. <laughs> And he said it was a crazy film class. It was, yeah, yeah, it was the best thing I've ever done in my life. I'm glad so you remembered. So we were supposed to, we had to sign up for 10 university courses, and then we randomly assigned to one, and then we'd go to that university for a week. Oh, I didn't and then know it was that course. one in 10 chance. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. So I picked that one. That was at the top of my list. I really wanted to. It's Apocalyptic Narratives and Film History. What was the name? It was really funny. It's the end of the world as we know it, Apocalyptic Narratives and Film <laughs> there History. There it is. Zing. <laughs> and so, like, you'd go to Carlton for a week, and you wouldn't drive there, and you drive back home. So we went there, and every day you would watch a different apocalypse movie and my teacher was set it wasn't allowed to be a hollywood movie he he's like you guys need to know all good that there's <laughs> other places that you can get good movies so it was like the most depressing <laughs> heavy yeah. but everyone he did warn us every time he said it was hard to find apocalyptic movies not by hollywood that were pg-13 PG so, yeah but so every day we'd watch like everyone we watched fantastic planet which is an animated alien movie from the 70s it was not good it was Terrifying. It's creepy. It's very creepy. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like and, the poster, though. And we watched When the Wind Blows, Akira, Train to Busan, so and good. a short film called La Gite. Yeah. And uh, Snowpiercer. What was the one that it was Snowpiercer or something? Was it Wreck? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like I was telling them, I was like, Wreck's so good, but it is terrifying. So probably. <laughs> yeah, he was like, this is my favorite zombie movie. We should watch it. And then we all voted for Snowpiercer, and Snowpiercer is not good. Yeah. We were, me and my friend were like sitting next to each other. We're just like, this is so bad. It's, and we were it like, gets silly. I find. Like the, the concept is awesome, but it's like. Yeah. We decided if you're going to build a train for survival, why would you have like a sushi bar? Okay. <laughs> why, that, why is that? Do you have an aquarium and like some sort of rave room? I just remember when they were going through the snow. Yeah. I just thought it'd be funny if it said Winnipeg and there would just be people out playing hockey. Wasn't there a bear too? Like a, a CGI bear, I believe. CGI polar bear? Yeah. Not that they couldn't get a yeah. real bear to do it, but. It was like, or like the train was made out of metal and every now and then they would reach this part on the track where it was like covered in ice and the, it would just break right through it. And I was like, well, how is that possible? We, <laughs> I took a film studies class in my first semester. It was really interesting. And we watched Snowpiercer and Get Out and then you have to pick one to like review and like compare the two basically. And everyone was like, well, what even kind of question is that? <laughs> Obviously <laughs> Get Out is better. Yeah. I I'm picking Get Out. Yeah. yeah. Really, the only reason that we picked Snowpiercer, like we put it to like a class vote, was because it had Chris Evans in it. Uh, there it is. <laughs> My class is holding it. was like, well, it's got Chris Evans. It has to be good. It was not good. What was the final vote, though? Was it close at all? Um, uh, I don't really remember. There was like three girls who wanted to watch Wreck because they had seen it before and liked it. Okay. And then there was just like everyone else who were just like, well, Snowpiercer. Like we watched the trailer. The trailer made it look good. True. And then we were just like, well, we'll watch that. And he's like, okay. And then he put it on. We're just like, why would we choose this? <laughs> Man, and there's four Wreck movies and then there's a Snowpiercer TV show. Yeah, well. I like when I got home, I texted my friend that and he's like, it was six out of 10 rating. And he's like, <laughs> it does not deserve those numbers. It's worse than the movie. It, it would... No, yeah, we watched it. And, and Emily, I watched, I think, a couple episodes and we were like, yeah, this is getting kind of weird. Like, it turns into a weird murder mystery oh at some goodness, point. No. And you're like, I How can't. How can you have a murder mystery in a train? Like, I, it's I a really know. small spot. <laughs> I didn't watch. The only mystery was why I was wasting my time on that show. <laughs> okay, so let us briefly chat about the movies we're screening the week of Friday, June 9th, 2023. Feel free to jump in if you have any questions or comments on any of these. So we have 
So every time I leave, there's a bunch of movies I want to see, and I'm Excellent. so mad. So uh, mad. I'm going to be here. So we have a movie called Showing Up, Back for an Encore Week. It's with Michelle Williams, and it's a dramedy about an eccentric person in the art community. Oh, that's oh, you guys. Is that, that's <laughs> both of you. I think. Oh, yeah. called out, Nora. The poster is her sitting, looking pensive with a bunch of her, her statues. Oh, oh, she's a statue maker. Yes. Or, yeah. I'm sure there's a better term for that. Sculptist? Sculptor? Sculptor. 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 Is sculptist a word? No. no. Well, all right. <laughs> Could be now. <laughs> good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. I'm glad I'm showing we'll up. We'll add it to the dictionary for you. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> and it was a... Cannes Film Fest Palme d'Or nominee. Oh, all right. That's and, the big one. And Michelle Williams, who gets nominated for an Oscar every time she makes a movie. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was just in uh, Spielberg. Yeah, and she got a nomination the for it. <laughs> the The Fablemans, a.k.a. Spielberg. I was shocked she didn't get a nomination for Venom. Like, she gets True. a nomination every year. She was good in Venom, I'm going to say. Then, this is the one that I'm really sad that I'm missing. It's a Italian film called Lemoncita. It's with Penelope Cruz, and it's the story of a single mom raising some kids in the 70s, one of which is a trans kid, and the filmmaker is trans. This is good. He's he's naming all the good stuff. I love Penelope Cruz. I love her international stuff, especially. Yeah. And this just looks like a really nice kind of character piece drama with, you know, funny moments in it. Mm-hmm. But also it's going to make you cry. Probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's the most cliche. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. All it, the it, good stuff. I, I'm sure it'll make you really angry at people who are bad to trans yeah, kids I'm gonna in the 1970s. Yeah, anti-trans jerks in that movie. <laughs> yeah, probably. I bet you. Yeah. It's called Lemon City. Uh, <laughs> close. Lemoncita. Sita. Okay, that's all right. Well, that, that could close. translate to Lemon City. I I'll, don't know. I'll look into that. Yeah, I'll, it must Italian. be lost in translation there. And this one was nominated for Best Film and the Queer Lion Award Ooh. at the Ooh. Venice Film Festival. Oh, nice. So another big shot film festival. But yeah, so, seriously. Uh, I hope we bring this one back. I'm so sad I'm going to miss this one. Yeah, maybe it'll stay in the machine and you can come in alone and watch oh, it. Yeah. Although that's also sad. I guess. Crying by myself. Sad. Yeah, poor Josh. Uh, next up, we continue our Dario Argento film fest with The Cat O' Nine Tales. Nice. Someday you'll get into Dario Argento. You know, very good director. He made he made Suspiria, which you probably heard of. Uh, nah. <laughs> they, they remade it later. The director of Call Me By Your Name directed nope. it. Um, people, uh, Timothy people... Chalamet? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. He was in Call Me By Your Name. He was up for an Oscar for oh, it. Oh, I know. No, okay. I do know that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so he, because yeah, yeah, because of him. I think it was possibly sad, too. But anyway, you know, yeah. Most bad. people twice their age haven't heard of Derry no, or I'm, I'm not saying they should. I'm saying you should later yes, hear yes. of him. Knowing you, I should? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but you have at least heard of Timothy Chalamet. So it's like, we're getting there. It's hard to not hear of Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. He was just in, and he was in a cannibal movie from the director of Call Me By Your Name and Suspiria. Oh. So cool. that's, we're getting close. See, yeah. He, okay, uh, wait, let's go back to this one. Okay. Sure. No, yeah, we're not getting those movies. This yes. is this. So this one, we had our programmer Leon last week, and I said, define giallo for us, because they call these giallo films. So giallo means yellow, and they're based off Pulp Fiction books, which were on really bad yellow paper. And so that's why this genre is called giallo. And they're just kind of real B-grade, drive-in kind of murder mystery kind of movies. And they're a lot of fun. And, and they're, everybody's got dubbed voices. So it has that kind of feel to it. Dario Gento just kind of cornered the market and did all these kind of weird, creepy horror movies and murder mysteries and stuff like that. 
Yeah, and he has good tie-ins with like uh, George Romero, like when he after Night of Living Dead, when he was trying to get Dawn of the Dead made, nobody wanted to give him money, so Argento was top of the world. Then he had made like Deep Red, all these really good, successful movies. So he was like, "Why don't you just come to my Italian villa and just chill and write your movie, and I'll help you make it." And then he got to make his own cut of that movie that was shorter and whatever, and that was like their deal. So in Italy, it's an Argento version of that movie, and it got made, and now it's a classic, considered to be the best zombie movie of all time. So it's pretty cool. Argento, nice. he's still and he's still alive, yeah. Yeah, he's old. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, he's alive, but old. Yeah, so that's something. I think like pushing a hundred old. Yeah, wow. yeah, he's getting there, and his yeah, his movies now aren't quite as good, but like still, he's <laughs> he's had a crazy good run that I'll tell you about when you get a bit older. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, then the other retro movie this week is our Mad Max marathon. Oh, there we go. We are screening the Road Warrior. The whole series is so interesting because Mad Max was. A no-budget Australian movie. Yeah, and it, it feels like it. Like, it's, it's good, but it's so sparse. And then Road Warrior has, I don't even think I'm exaggerating, like, ten times the budget. Mm-hmm. Because Mad Max, I don't know the exact numbers, but was made for $100,000 and made millions of dollars. So Road Warrior is the second chapter. So they just got a bit more money, a bit more explosions, a bit more car chases. And in the weeks to come, we will have Beyond Thunderdome, which is more of a kind of, I think, more of like an Amblin Entertainment Hollywood version of Mad Max. Yeah, it's a bit silly. I like it, though. Yeah. But see, I like it because I saw it when I was 12. So Uh I fully admit that that's why I like it. And then the fourth one is Fury Road, which off of this B-grade franchise got... A whole bunch of Oscars. And, yeah. And it's weird. It's a weird franchise. It's so, and honestly, I think it's by far the best one, but that's also because I, like I didn't really Road. see Road Warrior and Mad Max when I was a kid. Like, I knew yeah. about them, but I also didn't. It was weird because I remember the Road Warrior was kind of its own thing. Like, I didn't even really know about Mad Max at the time. It was yeah. just like everyone talked about the Road Warrior. And so, yeah, it, was, it's a, it is a very weird franchise. And just, yeah, I, I don't have that attachment to the, the first three that a lot of people do, you know? Because they all kind of stand alone. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you can totally watch Fury Road without watching the other three. Or you could just watch The Road Warrior. And because I think in Australia they called it Mad Max 2. Mm-hmm. And everywhere else they called it The Road Warrior because of that. They wanted to be like, no, it's a brand new movie. Go yeah. watch it. Yeah, because if you go back and watch the first one after that, a lot of people are just like, this is slow and boring. Yeah, you know? it's but, weird. Yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all context, I guess. So then we have our Saturday Night Cinema. Oh, yeah. Our Free For Members, Members Only, Secret Late Late Movie Presentation. Yeah. Has Eric dragged you to one of these yet? We yeah. went to last week. They were at the last yeah. one. Just, you can't, you can't say what it was. I had a birthday party. But... I was there. Yeah, we're not allowed to talk about what it was, but it was amazing. Yeah. And and yeah, my sister, oh, wow. who's asleep on the couch in the theater right now, also came. <laughs> and it was late. It was so good. But yeah, Lee's doing this one. I know the actor that he wants to do a movie of, but oh. I'm not sure what he's showing yet. But I think I'm doing the one after on the 20th, 24th, whatever it is. Yeah, because we do two a month. Yeah, fingers crossed on that one, so. And Eric missed his last chance. Oof, yeah, that one, you know what's so funny about that is that I was devastated, like, when, because I didn't think I could do it, then I could do it, then it was too late, and then so I didn't ask who did it instead, I didn't ask what they showed, I was too depressed, I was like, I, I don't want to know, there's no way I'm going to go. Then I found out later that it was, like, a friend of Lee, an actor who presented his own movie, like, oh, okay. you know, from back in the day, and I was like, oh, wow, uh-huh. and I, ha- I have seen that movie here with that actor here, you know, so it wasn't, like, devastating, but I was just sort of like, man, that that is cool. Like, if you're going to be, you know, overtaken by someone, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Like, that, we're yeah. fine. And then people will ask, and I'm like, no, I can't tell you. It's no, a secret. No, It's so funny. It's like, we're not even supposed to talk about it. But then Lee is like, at cinema, he's just like, remember this and that? And then all these ones are just like, bud, I thought you said we're not supposed to talk about this. 
He's not good with his own rules. No, he is not. He gets very excitable. And then the final thing this week is a special presentation. It's a one-night-only screening of Supernova, and it is presented by Northern Lights Refugee, who are some very cool folks. A group of volunteers in Canada's capital whose goal is to sponsor LGBTQ plus individuals who are in life-threatening circumstances to bring them to Canada. So That's amazing. This is a fundraiser for that. And the movie Supernova is about a gay couple and one of them is ill. And it's kind of them going on this really big, nice final road trip together. Um, So heavy, but it's kind of this like life affirming. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I thought that you were going to say it was that James Spader, Jamie Lee Curtis uh, movie, Supernova. I was like, uh, yeah, I'm the only one who remembers that. It's got Stanley Tucci in it. Everyone loves Stanley Tucci. (laughs) Yeah, he's good. And his boyfriend is Colin Firth. What? And so that, that's a good couple. Whoa. Yeah. Why didn't you open with that? Heavy we screened hitters. this movie a couple years ago. It's 2020. So I think okay. we screened it. In the before times? No, in those like <laughs> mid times. Mid times. Yeah. Oh, so was it a virtual screening or? It might have been. I can't remember. Okay. Yeah, we did a bunch of virtual screenings when we weren't allowed to be open. Right. Where we were doing like. Okay, how was that? Doesn't sound like it would be that enjoyable. <laughs> no, sorry, but like. <laughs> no, it's so, fine. Yeah, it sounds weird. I don't know where the term virtual screening came from, but essentially it was just video on demand. But it's a nice story in that independent distributors came to theaters like ours and said look we want to help out where we can you guys have made us money we're going to do video on demand during lockdown if you advertise and get your patrons to use a special code we'll give you a cut of all the tickets sold so we didn't have to chip in or anything we just kind of social media did it and a few dozen movies did it with us we made a little bit of money but yeah the term virtual cinema is just a i don't know a highbrow term for watching the movie at home <laughs> the rizza ones were cool though that one was like rizza from this band wu-tang clan they were really influenced by kung fu movies and was stuff like that so we showed a couple where he actually did live commentary over the movie he would go in and it was like a virtual like chat room almost and he'd be talking and then they show the movie and it was just like really neat it was interactive like a lot more than a lot of those virtual screenings were so stuff like that it was like really neat little switch up i kind of only remembered because i had a facebook memory about it i was like (laughs) oh yeah that was cool right i totally remember that yeah so yeah so that's our movies for the week that's a big week that was like eight movies it felt like uh what is it it's four regular movies and then cinema, and then our special one night only of Supernova. All right, all right. So you lied. Six no, I, well, it was like that. <laughs> you know, loose terms. We're, we're doing our best here. So before we wrap up, I wanted to ask our teenagers in attendance, what are your favorite movies? I can never answer this question because I'll say one and I'll say, two weeks from now, I might go, oh, wait, I meant this one. Yeah. You're like but Tom Cruise. You just won't answer I won't question. answer it. I refuse. <laughs> but g- give us a couple of your favorite movies. Usually my brain just gets like long jam because I'm like, there's so many. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm wearing a Wild Stallions t-shirt right now. So I really, I love Bill and Ted. Good choice. It's mm. just funny. When I went to Carlton, I actually found my favorite movie because it made me cry, but it was so good. <laughs> it was the Korean zombie movie, Train to Busan. So good. So good. I love it. Incredible. I was just like, well, that's my favorite movie now. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I love that movie. Beats all the other ones. I also like Ready Player One. The movie's good. It's not like the book at all. <laughs> yeah. I also like, I like the movie and the book separately. Yeah. Because they're good by themselves. But <laughs> the movie was fun. Like, I, I was yeah, surprised. Yeah. The movie was weird just in that, and I knew this would happen because a book's a book. You write whatever you want. Yeah. And you might have to get permission from certain licenses or whatever. But there was a few things really missing from the movie. Star Wars might have not been in the movie. Mm-hmm. And, oh, you know the big one that I got mad about was in the book, a big character is Max Hedrum. Max Hedrum was a show that I loved when I was a kid that only lasted like a year. But he was really big in pop culture for a little while, like Coke commercials and stuff like that. But he's played by an Ottawa actor named Matt Frewer. And I was so looking forward to seeing Matt Frewer 
playing Max Hedrum again in a Spielberg movie. And they cut him out. They didn't have him in there. But remember in the book, he was kind of like a big character. Yeah. He was like an avatar. That was one thing in Ready Player One where it's like, where's Max Hedrum? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they cut him that. out. He was the best part. Yeah, but they did have the 60s Batmobile. So they, yeah, yeah I'm, and I'm, a dinosaur and King Kong. <laughs> one dinosaur. It wasn't like Space Jam 2 where they had the Clockwork Orange oh guys in it. <laughs> like The Clockwork, that was, I didn't We did not Space watch Jam Spin 2 because we thought it would be bad. It's bad. It's terrible. Oh yeah, that's what I thought. Space Jam 2 is the most fascinating train wreck bad movie. <laughs> it's Just watch it to make fun of it. It's a Pretty kid's much. movie where our heroes play basketball against the bad guys. But in the crowd, it's supposed to be like, oh, it's all of Warner Brothers history. It's this big like meta virtual reality okay, thing. Okay, but that sounds cool. It, it sounds does. cool. But you would think you got a lot of family films. Stick all those characters in there. But there's... The Joker and Clockwork Orange guys and yeah, Pennywise murders. the Clown. Yeah. So those people don't seem like they would enjoy basketball. No, well, there's that too. I'm like, Joker's enjoying a game now? Does he really seem like that? Like, wouldn't he be trying I to kill feel everyone? Like he, yeah, just like infiltrate the basketball game and make it horrible and yeah. kill people. It would be like Bane at the football game, you know? Like where he's blowing up the field and stuff. It's like, that's totally Bane-ish. It's fascinatingly bad. It's like, it's, <laughs> yeah, and, we're and not it recommending so it. so expensive. And yeah. it looks yeah. like they were ready. Like, this is going to be big. Well, and I think I saw in the trailer that they're, like, 3D animated, the Looney Tunes characters. But I was like, yeah. I looked in the original when they were just, like, their 2D form. <laughs> yeah. Kind yeah. of. It, it's it, weird. Oh, it's a mis- it was a, such a misstep. And, it, like, yeah. and I think it lost a lot of money. <laughs> like, <laughs> but they pretend it didn't because they were like, oh, it was mainly for streaming. So, yeah, we got a lot of subscribers. It's fine. It's but fine. But ju- just in principle, from the dollar store, they have Hot Wheel cars. And I got the Space Jam Hot Wheels car. <laughs> the Space Jam original? No, the new one. Space Jam uh, 2. Did it say oh, Space Jam 2 on it? It's a white van okay. with Space what? Jam 2 painted on the side, which is never in the movie. No, God no. So it's even weirder it's merch. It's themed. I remember I got my stocking. I got a Chewbacca Hot Wheels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was so weird. No, no, he drives a like, car. I was like, wait a minute. What is this? It's like, it looks like it has like hair on the top and like his goggles are, like the, are like the windshield and it's like an all brown car. And I was like, it's like yeah. the dog van. And Dumb first, and Dumber, but yeah. Chewbacca. At first, I didn't oh. know what it was, and my mom was just like, "That's it. I think that's a Chewbacca-themed Hot Wheels." And I was like, "Why? Wow. Why? Why is this a thing?" Not like Josh's Stranger with Candy Van <laughs> from Space Jam Two. Okay, so our teen recommendations of the week are Train to Busan, yes, and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, yes, and yeah. the second Bill too. No, not the uh, second no, or third. Just the, third the, one. The, third. the third one is good. We I also... really like the third one. Yeah, yeah I like, loved it. Like, so like it got me choked up and it was yeah. so good. Well, that was gonna That's happen. The, I but the, ending, <laughs> the ending scene when the universe has been united with music and they're all like playing. The it's just like oh. I really liked Samira weaving. Mm, as, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. She was good and ready or not, also. I also like Kristen Schaal. Kristen yes. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, Bill and Ted 3 was really good. And it was really like, there's a Weezer song with a video for it where they show all the Bill and Ted fans and Weezer fans in lockdown. And that got me choked up. I was like, we're doing it, people. We're <laughs> doing one it. of them. We listen to the end song. <laughs> yeah. We listen to the end song in the van just sometimes. And by the end, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, so yeah. sad. You guys. I'm happy. And then oh mom's just like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, do you not hear what's playing <laughs> oh right God. now? You know, you see it in your head? Come on. <laughs> we also Jeez. really like Studio Ghibli movies. Oh, yeah. Another oh, yeah. Really good. Yeah. yeah. I remember I held a movie marathon for my friends because they don't watch the movies that I like, so they don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I give them a list of 10 of my favorite movies. And they get to pick from Abby's They had to pick from my favorite list of movies. <laughs> wow. So That's a good deal. Then, like, some of their parents had rules of what they couldn't and couldn't watch, so I had to like pick mm. ones that would work for them. Then they each got to pick some, and then they came to my house, and we watched four movies. And I was like, now do you understand? They're like, oh, yeah. You have good taste. And I was like, I know. Huge. You don't understand. Also, oh I keep thinking of movies, but Breakfast Club. Oh my God. It's Ooh, amazing. Yeah. Classic. Classic. I always think of Breakfast Club. There's a couple of funny podcasts out there that I haven't gotten into 
in depth yet, but they're basically about how there's stuff from the 80s that is good, but problematic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of okay to like it as long as you... Molly Ringwald actually wrote kind of an essay on it of, yeah. of like, I was in these movies, but they're problematic. And especially the ending of Breakfast Club, I swear when I saw it when I was 12, I was like, why can't the punk girl just stay a punk girl? Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. I was like, I, I thought she was beautiful be before. Yeah, seriously. And if that movie was made today, it would not be a bunch of white kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You'd at least have a black kid and an Asian kid thrown in there. Yeah. You know? I remember when I was working on the musical, we had to stay after school to like do stuff. And me and my friend were just like, well, now it's an empty school. So we would like run down the hallways and slide like through yeah. the club. <laughs> oh my God. We are just like, that is our mission. We need to do that. That's what we did. Canterbury's got good halls for that. Seriously. It's so fun. I was there after school once. I forget why, but I was like, I took off my shoes just running down the hall. <laughs> you Canterbury <laughs> crew. Like, what are you doing? It's like, you don't know. I'll never understand you people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to wrap things up. Thanks for listening, everybody. You can find information about upcoming Mayfair movies at mayfairtheater.ca and on the social medias until all the social medias implode and we don't have them anymore. But oh, well. as, we're, as they're there, when we're still... technology used. goes against us. It'll happen sometime. Soon enough. Maybe in the couple weeks that we're banking these podcasts, the AIs will jump up and we'll be... Uh, Taken over by robots. Oh, God. This could be our last podcast. <laughs> be our last podcast. <laughs> I bought a Furby a few days ago. And oh, don't buy a Furby. Me. Oh, my God. <laughs> my friends are telling me to get rid of it because they're like, they're evil. And I was like, well, no. And they're like, the FBI banned them because they were scared. Okay, Abby? Jesus. You need to get rid of that. And I was like, I still have it. I haven't put batteries in them yet, but... Furbies are a direct link to the Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminators coming <laughs> That's back true. in time. That's true. That's what I all. said when she told me. I was like, yeah. I bought it at the Gregory Garage sale. He was 10 bucks. And I was just like, Nora, look what I bought. And she's like, put it away. We <laughs> owned a haunted Furby when we were younger. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my he, God. His batteries fell out. And then it was like for a year, he was just dead. And then something started rattling inside him. I don't remember. But broken. then one day he just screamed and cackled in the middle of the night. And I got oh rid of God. it. What? Yeah, next like, day, got rid of him. Good Lord. Is the yeah. perfect way to end the podcast. I know, right? Oh my God. <laughs> Furbies are going to take over you guys. <sighs> Okay, thanks for joining us. We'll have Eric trick you to be back on the podcast again sometime in the future. True. Nice. Done. Yeah. Bye. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. And now I need to start getting you guys into Nicolas Cage movies <laughs> so that we'll have more to talk about. We've seen some. There's more. You need to see them all. In the future, cities will become deserts. Roads will become battlefields. And the hope of mankind appear as a stranger. He may be the best chance we've got. You want to get out of here? You talk to me. The Road Warrior. Pray that he's out there, somewhere.